Titi Layo Adewumi joins us on this episode of What's Next. Titi Layo is the Regional Sales Director for uh, SAP in West Africa. So it's great to have you with us. You're joining us from uh, Abuja at the moment. Titi Layo, uh, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Aki. It's lovely to uh, see you. Likewise, likewise. I mean, there's so many interesting things happening on our continent at the moment. And we were just talking before we started how excited I am about this, the digitization of our continent and the amount of connectivity that's going in. And you're seeing these small businesses just thriving at the moment. And it's just, uh, you know, you can just feel this hive of activity of incredible growth that's, uh, that's happening on our continent. Now, SAP officially established its first entity in Africa 30 years ago. Um, and, and it's interesting, you know, people don't know that. Um, how long has the company been operating in West Africa? So, Aki, we've actually been operating in West Africa since uh, 1999. We're head office out of Victoria Island in Lagos. Um, but actually, this is a very significant year for SAP because we are celebrating our 50th year anniversary globally. Um, even though we've been established 30 years um, in SAP Africa, the, the original team that set up the Lagos office was made up of about 34 staff members. And in fact, some of them are still with the business today, 23 years later. Wow. That's astonishing. It's, a, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. I've been to, to Lagos a few times and I just love the energy uh, in, in the city and I just love the entrepreneurship in Nigeria. Can you describe SAP's operations in West Africa? How would you describe them? You're in Abuja at the moment. We've spoken about uh, Lagos as well, but Nigeria is such a vast country and West Africa per se, that whole region is, is incredible. So the West African region in which um, we support um, right now is the English-speaking West African countries. So that includes Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, the Gambia, and Liberia. So, you know, I, I shuttle quite a bit across those five countries. Um, and the business is run directly with our local sales team. And, of course, we have shared services um, across SAP Africa. Um, so the operations in West Africa, we, we run it through what we call an indirect business model. So through a network of certified SAP partners. And um, across Sub-Saharan Africa, we have about 30 or over 30 partners, 300 partners. Um, that includes our global partners, and they provide services across all industries. So these 300 partners also support us in West Africa. And um, we support our customers across all the industries. And you know, our stronghold is the oil and gas industry in West Africa. But um, you know, we also cover other industries, key industries as well. So I would say some of our mm. biggest customers in West Africa include NNPC, NLNG, uh, Shell, Total, ExxonMobil, but of course also public sector customers like FIRS, Nigerian Army, we're across many of the states' um, governments as well in Nigeria and across um, Ghana, Liberia. We're really making a footprint in the other West African countries. 
Well, let's dive into that uh, for a second. I mean, you mentioned the oil and gas industry, which is very prominent in the West Africa region. Uh, what type of customers and industries does SAP service across West Africa outside of the uh, gas and oil? You did mention government as well, but I imagine that there's lots of other industries that you service as well. So we're, we're particularly strong in our consumer goods industry, uh, discrete manufacturing, financial services, um, and professional services. So, okay, I know we, we talked about the oil and gas industry, and yes, traditionally, um, SAP has been viewed as um, an ERP company just for oil and gas customers. Um, and yes, we are certainly the leaders yes. in ERP globally for, for those industries. Um, but we also have a strong cloud. We're also a strong cloud solution provider across the other industries that I mentioned earlier, especially, you know, manufacturing here in, in West Africa. So, you know, certainly we pride ourselves mm -hmm. on many vertical solutions that support businesses across those industries, not just core ERP. Um, but for example, success factors for human capital management, um, intelligence spend and business network for procurement and financial management, um, CX for customer management, experience management, and the list goes on and on. So different solutions for different industries, but we, we really penetrate within consumer goods, discrete manufacturing, and financial services and public sector. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Now, I mean, SAP has been very bold in its uh, first cloud strategy, in the in its cloud-first strategy, rather. Um, you know, we often talk about this, and, and you know, cloud-first is a strategy that many organizations are adopting, but SAP particularly has been quite bold in this regard. Are we seeing that traction in, in, the, in the global results, okay? And we're seeing that globally where that cloud strategy is happening, what is the relevancy of, of cloud in West Africa? Are you seeing the same sort of trends that are happening globally? No, absolutely, Aki. And um, West Africa is actually, as you said, a cloud-first region. It's definitely relevant for all of Africa. West Africa is actually setting an example when it comes to cloud adoption. And I would say in the last um, two to three years, West Africa has really been leading the African region on cloud. And um, I, of course, think there are lots of drivers for this. The primary one, the pandemic has really shifted, you know, the remote work, new business models has to be relied and cloud technology really sets up those businesses for, for success. Um, the business value on cloud made it so much easier for others to adopt during the pandemic. and. I also think because West Africa is less restricted on traditional infrastructure. So in other parts of mm -hmm. the world, you know, organizations were shifting massive on-premise solutions into the cloud. But to some degree, you know, we didn't really have this legacy issue in, in West Africa. So many of the implementations were often now greenfield. So when I say greenfield, we're referring to their first-time implementations, first-time cloud implementations. So it's somewhat easier to move, right. you know, those sort of businesses directly into cloud solutions. Um, so it's really helped West Africa. And, um, you know, I compare it to what we saw during the mobile era. And, and, and I know you remember what happened there. Okay. Um, West Africa, especially Nigeria, because we didn't have massive um, landline infrastructure, 
mobile was quickly adopted in Nigeria and really became the the um, adopted and accepted communication tool. So something very, very similar is happening in terms of cloud adoption because we don't have those traditional um, large infrastructures. Mm. And of course, um, you know, the, the connectivity is, is key here. I mean, I remember the, the West Africa cable system, which lands in Nigeria, for example, and along the west coast of Africa, the impact that has had on what we're talking about per se, and it's just, this is just the beginning, right, uh, as we leapfrog so many other existing technologies to go into that infrastructure of cloud where it's all happening at the moment. And you, you just see the growth in e-commerce, for example, in West Africa. That's a very exciting sector for me to watch. But ERP has traditionally been perceived as, a, as, as very large projects, right? When you hear of ERP, you think of these massive projects and implementations that take several years and they cost millions of dollars. Has cloud changed that model? No, it, it, it certainly has. And like you said, in the past, some of these ERP rollouts, they're large, complex, costly. Um, and, you know, it was not unusual to have these implementations that run, you know, three, three, four years. So the way cloud has changed mm. this traditional business model is because our customers are also under pressure to to transform and rather quickly, right? Um, and we mm. have new competitors, so they have to be cost conscious because of the new competition that just pops out quickly. Um, so they can no longer support these two, three year rollouts. They need to show quick time to value from their technology investments and cloud really enables that. Um, especially for the uh, small, small and medium businesses, you know they can't, of course, can't afford these lengthy, lengthy implementation projects. So customers that are managing their digital transformation say, effectively, they're actually running small projects and then they scale, um, and that's what I think we really recommend. Mm. So, you know, for example, a customer can start and they can focus on their procurement department and their procurement challenges. So once they've been able to see value from that, then they can look at their, you know, human resources management and roll out success mm. factors, manage their workforce, then CX to drive customer experience, so on and so forth. And um, so we really recommend a modular approach to digital transformation. So this really allows the customers to test the waters, create minimal disruption to their business, which is very, very key. And then when they, once they realize um, a certain return on their investment, eventually they can expand. And, you know, that's how we believe cloud has really changed the traditional model of lengthy implementations, lengthy large projects, massive, um, you know, <laughs> massive investments and budget that's required for, for digital transformation. Oh, I, lo I love the way you put it because, you know, so many people think of the cloud, you know, especially small, medium-sized enterprises. I mean, these are the, the key uh, factors in our economy in Africa, you know, and they think, oh, you know, the cloud is prohibitive. It's not. You know, you take it at small chunk sizes, small bite sizes, and you build on it. As you said, uh, you know, you add those building blocks, and that's what this agility is all about. But SAP is well known in the enterprise space. Um, and, and Africa's economy is so dependent on small, medium-sized enterprises, as I touched on a second ago. Is ERP relevant for these SMEs? Um, if you look at them, SMEs will say, well, you know, how relevant is ERP for me? When, in fact, it is very relevant in today's world. 
You know, it absolutely is, Aki, right? And there's this, you know, great misconception that SAP only caters to the large enterprises. I mean, even some of the examples that I gave you of, of our key customers, of course, are key because they are the large enterprises. But in truth, um, almost 80% of SAP's global business comes from the SAP, SME space, right? The small and medium mm. um, business space. And we're seeing a similar trend in West Africa. Um, the SMEs are the backbone of many of the economies in, in the five countries in which, you know, SAP West Africa operates in. And, um, and, and we have solutions that actually cater specifically for the small businesses, our SAP Business One, um, SAP Business by Design. They're actually designed specifically for these sort of businesses because um, at least half of our new customers that we're seeing, our new customer acquisitions, for SAP West Africa comes from the SAP SME space. Um, so what we do is we're able to help these businesses at every stage of their journey. So as the small businesses are growing, if there's a need to become more complex and um, bring on other solutions, it integrates perfectly into you know what they're currently working on, and we can help them get the most out of that stage of their business. So simple, simple answer, Aki, ERP is certainly relevant for SMEs. Um, and in Nigeria alone, we have over 39 million SMEs. So to cater for those small businesses, we have wow. to ensure that we're able to vocalize you know, how the ERP can certainly assist them and and, and the benefits that's, that it has to their businesses. So, so let's unpack that. Uh, you know, SMEs are watching this right now. They're thinking, listen, I need to take a look at this more seriously. How can SAP, how can SMEs benefit from SAP's technology? So because, you know, small businesses, especially today, they need to be operationally agile, right? Like I mentioned, com competition is popping up yes. left, right, and center. So it's not even just to, to thrive as a small business. They need to survive. Um, and they, they do face similar challenges to large businesses, um, and, but they operate within very, very tight budgets. And this is where when we were talking about moving to the cloud, it really helps them because they don't have to... Um, lock down their their budgets for large ERP projects. So technology implementations, they're significant investments. Um, so they have to drive results and immediate results for these small businesses. Um, so I would say a major benefit of technology for these sort of businesses is it removes some of the time consuming tasks that they have to fulfill. Um, it allows them to free up resources to drive other areas of their businesses. And um, what we're seeing today in our SME customers that implement SAP solutions is they now have access to more cohesive and integrated information. Mm. So they have better visibility. They're able to make better decisions quicker, right? And what they can also do is they streamline their processes that helps them with efficiencies, which translates to you know, cost reduction, which is very key as a small business. Um, they're able to report faster and, of course, improve customer experience. And some of our businesses, some of our businesses that we see that are using SAP technologies, um, they're able to improve on regulatory compliance. And, of course, they have the added bonus of data security. So, I mean, these are just the, some mm. of the 
some of the benefits that they see, tip of the icebergs, and and you know we can certainly have we certainly have daily conversations with some of the associations within uh, the different countries to just show how SAP adds value to just small businesses. And of course, you know, all of that equals uh, the foundation for growth, right? Because as soon as you, you know, you've got to be digital today. You've got to think the way you've just described now, because if you want to scale your business and grow your business, you've got to have all of this in place that you spoke about. Otherwise, you're just going to stagnate. And of course, um, you, you spoke about the competition earlier. You know, competition will just uh, walk all over you. And there's competition, there's big competition across the continent. Do you have some examples of, of, of local customers transforming their businesses with SAP? Oh, of, of course. So in West Africa, Aki, I mean, our biggest market is, is Nigeria. It has the largest GDP in the region. So consequently, a large amount of our business is, of course, conducted in, in Nigeria. But um, we're we're certainly excited about the opportunity of growth that we're seeing in the other in the other countries that I mentioned. So um, we work very closely with the Dangote Group. They've implemented SAP um, within many many lines of their businesses across multiple countries, uh, multiple African countries. Uh, for example, um, Success Factors they use that to manage their employee and um, improve talent attraction and retention. They're, of course, using um, S4HANA ERP in their business. Um, and that's one of the benefits that they have been able to see is they've developed a near zero downtime approach within their business. Um, so that's an example of one of our large um, customers that use SAP. Um, another one, Aki, is Warif. I like talking about Warif because Warif is our is um, an NGO, it's Women at Risk International Foundation, and they've found innovative ways to actually make a meaningful difference by using technology. So what their mandate is, they need to ensure that all young girls and women in Nigeria, they live in a society that's free of rape and sexual violence. What WARF has done to help overcome some of these challenges is they've used some of our integrated um, analytics technologies um, they're able to have the girls and the women communicate via USSD codes and they're able to raise an alarm, get access to the closest center for support, and they're doing this through SAP's um, integrated um, platform. So, you know, that's that's some of the examples that I love talking about. And just um, another one from one of our local oil and gas companies, um, they were having challenges with unauthorized business trips. So. Um, we have examples from ERP to different cloud solutions. So this one, I would say, is the customer was having per diem issues. So some of the per diems were being charged to the wrong cost centers. Staff were charging higher mm. per diems than their level. Um, it was a very paper-based manual process, right? So what they did was they implemented... Um, one of our HR solutions. So they were able to create and automate the approval process. We linked it to the correct approver. We linked it to the correct cost center. And the benefits that they were able to see is they saw significant cost savings, um, a significant reduction in business travel and reduction in the total per diem that we pay out. So some of the examples that we see across, across mm. um, Africa. 
That's fantastic. Uh, uh, Titi Laio, it's clear that that uh, there is opportunity for digital transformation on the continent. But, of course, one of the biggest challenges in Africa, and you hear this across the IT ICT sector, is the access to skills, particularly digital skills. And, and, of course, the digital skills shortage is an issue. Do you see this in West Africa? And, and how are you overcoming this, uh, the, the, the skills issue? Yeah, we are certainly seeing this in West Africa. I'm, you know, we're seeing it across the continent, of course. Um, we we are certainly seeing the talent drain and the digital exportation of skills uh, to developed countries. From the World Economic Forum, we're seeing that 57 million jobs in sub-Saharan Africa requires digital skills by 2030, and you know that's just around the corner. So it's mm. very important for us to really build these digital skills. But I mean, we can't do it on, on our own. It's a massive collaborative um, approach between the government, between us, the private sectors and other NGOs as well. So what we're trying to do, because we see a large population of youths and skills in West Africa, we've made it very, very intentional and a priority that we must close this digital skills gap. Right. And we need to generate sustainable employment for the, the youths as well. Um, we have lots of programs. There's about there's three key ones that we have in West Africa that we're focused on that helps address the the digital skills gap. Um, there's the young professionals program. So Aki, what this is, is a job creation initiative for graduates. Right. So if they're underemployed mm. or unemployed, this program is perfect for them. Um, we assist these graduates by developing them as certified SAP associate consultants. And that's very, very key because the intention is to bring SAP business skills to this region. We need to create a talent pool within the SAP ecosystem. So how does the program work? It's a three month intensive, very, very intensive training and certification program. Um, it covers a full development plan, personal skills, business skills, IT skills, um, you know, functional and technical knowledge is shared of different SAP solutions. And once the participants graduate from this program as um, associate consultants, um, you know, very, 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 very proud, they immediately become employed within the SAP ecosystem. So with one of our customers that we mentioned oh, wow. or through partners and they're there for a full year developing their skills utilizing their their training as well and adding value to to society so you know it's been very very successful in africa especially in west africa um it runs under the umbrella of what we call skills for africa um we we've run it across nigeria and ghana um, we do different cohorts we've had over 100 graduates in this particular initiative and you know even during the pandemic we were so worried we thought how are we going to maintain this program and what are we going to do everybody's at home now we were able to make it a virtual program and you know we've we've heard lots of fantastic reviews from our customers and from our partners um, and of course from the graduates as well so that's an initiative um, that we have for for to help bridge the digital skills gap um, there's another one, of course, that I want to, to mention, which is the dual study program. And I love this program because 
It's a partnership with the universities in country, right? So it provides the students before they graduate an opportunity to actually take SAP trainings and be certified across their academic oh, wow. year. And this is at no cost to the students, Aki. So this is very important, no cost to the students. You know, we're not trying to burden them. We're trying to really um, empower them, enable them. So it's an extracurricular collaboration um, between the university, between SAP, and we launched it um, just in 2019. We've deployed it across um, nine universities across Africa. Within West Africa, we've um, deployed it at Covenant University, Mountaintop University in Ghana, where at Ghana Institute of Management and Public Administration. And the goal is to continuously add um, more universities onto, onto this program. Now, those are just for the Skills for Africa umbrella in terms of, you know, bridging that skills gap um there's also another very now this is a fun <laughs> fun initiative right um to help ensure digital literacy in region in country nigeria and ghana um liberia gambia and sierra leone and i'm sure you've heard about it because we partnered with unesco on this and it's an actual sap initiative it's called africa code week right so oh, yes. we've been doing this for the last seven years and we've seen positive impacts on millions of youths, right? It's, it's not just hundreds, we're in the millions now, and we train thousands of teachers across Africa. And what we really do is, as we're engaging the students, as we're partnering with the teachers, um, we make sure we're sparking an interest for coding. It's, we target specifically the female, um, and we train the teachers, and then we have a fun, interactive week where we have workshops, we have um, competitions, and we're across all 40, 41 countries right now. Um, the next one that we're doing in for Africa Code Week starts the first week of November, so please watch out for that. You know, I hope you participate as well, and we're just making sure that we're committed to the communities in which we operate, and I'm certainly proud of the work that we're doing to build purpose um, in West Africa. Wow, absolutely fantastic and music to my ears. And of course, you know, uh, this misconception of, um, amongst young people, you know, to be part of this digital transformation and the digital economy that we've been talking about, you need to have a fancy degree and all that sort of thing. No, it's these opportunities for everyone and there's such a need for skills. So don't hear and believe what people say you need to have these massive degrees to be part of these digital skills processes we've been talking about. Uh, Titilayo Adewumi, Regional Sales Director for West Africa at SAP. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you all the way from Abuja. Thank you very much for joining us on What's Next. Thank you, Aki. I was really, really um, excited to be part of this program and to just talk about, you know, SAP West Africa and the work that we're doing and um, how we're ensuring that we're certainly building up our customers for our digital transformation and moving them to intelligent enterprises. So thank you for having me today, Aki.